All right, welcome to the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I'm Aaron Brightman coming to you, oh, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes after one of the most ridiculous, wild, crazy Rutgers football games in program history. Rutgers trailing Michigan State 24-6, entering the fourth quarter, and they win the game 27-24 on homecoming in the game they had to have to continue forward momentum on this season, but you know, and I wrote about before the game, I thought it was a seminal moment, this game and next game, just for the program in general, you know, and I still believe that because in that third quarter, when Rutgers was just bleeding out very slowly and it was extremely painful, you couldn't help but wonder, was this missed opportunity, this, what looked like a missed opportunity, was this going to pile on perception continue the narrative that this program hasn't gotten over the hump and result in another losing season. If you didn't have that thought, I, as if you're, if you're a diehard longtime Rutgers fan, you had the thought it's okay. Admit it. I had it. We all are allowed to, to, to admit that we all thought, Oh no, here we go again. And it was an incredible comeback. Obviously, Michigan State, you know, dropped the ball, literally. They have been plagued by uh, falling apart at the end of games, most notably Iowa before this game. And credit Rutgers for being there and taking advantage. You know, what I want to go back to, and and listen, this game doesn't, this team has some, some struggles, right? They have some issues. They're not a nine-win team. You know, they might just be a a six, maybe seven-win team. That might be what they are. But you know what? That is progress. And the fact that this team never quit, stuck together, as Shiano and everyone likes to say, and I try not to say it that often because it is – it's a program thing, but it's also – it's you know, (laughs) they kept chopping. They kept chopping and and, – It was great to see, and it speaks to the culture of this program. It speaks to the leadership of this program, and that, to me, is the biggest takeaway, is that this this is a game that this program would not have won in a long time. They wouldn't have. Even last year, they, they wouldn't have won this game. And to see them come back the way they did, obviously they got some breaks, but they executed to almost flawless execution, other than that um, the, the snap where Appleby couldn't get the hold down and they couldn't get the extra point attempt off. Other than that, they were basically flawless in the fourth quarter. So you go back to obviously Michigan State's up 24-6. They're deep in Rutgers territory. They go to punt. You know, they muff the punt. Muff the, the punter fumbles it. Aaron Young falls on it in the end zone. Unbelievable play. You know, and I even I tweeted it. I think people misinterpreted it. I said, you know, I'm not going to say it. And what I meant by that was, I'm not going to say, here comes the comeback, or can they actually do this? Wasn't going to say it. Didn't say it. And then Rutgers gets uh, the stop. They get the ball back. And then Kyle Manungai takes over. Had over 100 yards rushing in the fourth quarter. I believe it was 108. He finished with 24 carries. uh, 24 carries, 148 yards. 6.2 yards per carry and was phenomenal. And similarly, 
to last year at Michigan State uh, was an L, but was phenomenal in that game too. And what is the similarity aside from playing Michigan State? His former high school teammate, Jalen Berger, is on the other team. And Mike Teal said it because, yes, I do listen to the radio. I had it on, but I always listen to the play-by-play. And this proves it because one Mike Teal, who is the former head coach of Don Bosco, where Jalen Berger and Kyle Monungai played for, everyone has told him his entire career Jalen Berger is better than him. That's what Mike Teal responded when asked by Fuchs, why does Kyle Monungai always play his best, run his hardest, and and just have such big games against Michigan State? I love Mike Teal. I've had him on the podcast several times, and I just love that he was that honest in the moment. And it's just awesome to see Kyle Monungai. I mean, he he really is such a great story because he he wasn't ever really given a lot of credit, and he has been he is uh, reasserted himself in this performance as the team's MVP. Uh, he has been so big for them. And to see him do it and just to know personally, you know, that this kid has felt slighted for his whole career. And he just went out and just outplayed. And, you know, this is no disrespect to Berger. You know, he's a good player. He was a high-level recruit. He played at Wisconsin, played at Michigan State. He averaged over four yards a carry today. He's, he's, a, he's a fine player. But Manungai has used it to motivation to just make himself – into the player he's become. And to see what he did tonight in that fourth quarter. And, and what's wild, the most wild thing about the comeback is that Rutgers did it in like six, five minutes. They took the lead in five minutes. So they got the ball back. Manungai go, you know, basically leads him down the field. Uh, and then, listen, I know people are upset with Gavin Wimsett. He, he adds two, you know, some bad throws in this game. He also made some great throws, by the way. That second interception was a David Anderson special that he said on the podcast this week. If you throw up the middle and you get too much air on it, it's definitely going to be picked. And it was that first pick went off of Ian Strong's hands. It was a little high. Uh, you know, I think it's 50 50. I think Strong could have potentially caught it, um, but, you know, it, it was high. Uh, so accuracy is still an issue, but credit wins it with the game on the line. You know, you're down two scores. He's at the goal line. He completes a touchdown to Isaiah Washington, and then he converts that two point conversion to Dremel. And that listen for me the biggest takeaway on Wimsett both today and this season is that he has become a mentally strong player and he was not last year he wasn't uh, and and although he still has some struggles although he has accuracy issues although I know you know and, I, and people got mad at me this week when I said to don't give up on him uh, you know and, and don't believe that he's ever going to develop into a winning quarterback I mean for me. He proved it again today in terms of his mental toughness, you know, for him to be able to stick it through. I mean, he did a little bit last last week against Wisconsin, even though, you know, the issue was kind of no longer in doubt. He did, you know, have that touchdown pass late in the game and made some big throws. He didn't uh, last year. He would have been derailed by by mistakes, by adversity. He would have he wouldn't have recovered. And this year he is. And that is a huge growth step. It really is. And to see him be able to make those two throws down the stretch. Uh, and and get them within striking distance to get them within one score uh, to come to come through under pressure. That was a big step. That was a big step for him, and I think it can be a it's not a jumping off point, but it's it's a progression for him. It really is, and I I think that that needs to be noted. If if you're not going to give him you know some credit for winning this game, uh, I, I'm going to say that you're just biased against him. That you just think he stinks. But I, I really think 
that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's up and down. He has some bad moments, but that was a big moment for him in not only just, you know, in this game, but in his career, it, you know, at Rutgers, that was big Christian Dremel. Let's talk about him. What a player. I, I, you know, I, I didn't, uh, it's a bit, you know, I, I has emphasized strong and Jackson needing to be more involved. And um, I still, you know, stick by that. But at the same time, I mean, Dremel today was fantastic. What did he have? He was targeted seven times. He had six catches for 80 yards. He had a long of 29. Um, but that two-point conversion was massive. It was massive because uh, then Rutgers, uh, and this was a great coaching decision in terms of Michigan State for the second kick in a row, lining up 10 guys, preparing for an onside kick. And on the second kick after the second score, so it's 24-21 Michigan State, uh, Rutgers called a short kick, not an onside kick, but a short kick over the 10 defenders, 10 guys on special teams, and Thomas Amonkwa was able to recover on the Michigan State 21-yard line. That was coaching, uh, outclassing the Michigan State interim staff, or well, not the interim staff, um, you know, they were all there during Mel Tucker, it's just interim coach, but it was a tremendous, tremendous job of the coaching staff there. And then first play from scrimmage, Manungai just burst down the sideline, 21 yards, gets a touchdown. Now, like I said, Rutgers uh, didn't convert the extra point. But that, you know, even though Michigan State never threatened and the defense stopped them, getting that two-point conversion gave you a three-point lead versus a one-point lead. So even if they did give up a field goal, it still would have been a tie. So that was massive in the moment. The defense, you know, embattled. They gave up. That touchdown after the uh, fumbled uh, punt return uh, by Rashad Rochelle. I don't even know why he was trying to re recover it uh, in, in terms of uh, catching the punt. Uh, that was just a bad decision. And um, I'm sure it's coachable. He'll learn from it. But uh, Michigan State scored right away. So really, uh, you know, you take that touchdown off the board. That was a tough one to count against the defense. The defense played well. You know, they only allowed 200 and something yards. What was it? Uh, 200 and 45 yards now michigan state did have 23 first downs the key was too also rutgers was one of nine from third down conversions and then converted their last three uh in the game so that was huge uh both teams had three turnovers i mean you know that was a ton uh penalties Rutgers had six penalties but i believe zero in the second half they were all in the first half so that first half was definitely the worst first half Rutgers has played uh this season but again, mentally strong. They kept chopping. They were able to come back. And the, the crazy thing—I'm I, I, rambling like you know crazy right here—but uh, they had the lead with eight minutes. They were trailing with 13 minutes to go by 18 points, and 14 minutes, whatever it was, they were trailing entering the fourth quarter by 14, 18 points, 24 to six, and they're leading with eight minutes to go. And they got the stop, and then Manungai just. Ran it, ran it, ran it, and Rutgers were able to run time off the clock, and they ran out the clock. Michigan State never had another chance. So that was, you know, great execution by the offense. Got to tip your hat to the offensive line. Um, it was an up and down. They allowed three sacks. But still, this was a, you know, it was a mixed performance overall. You know, how they get graded out, I'm sure they won't, you know, show up that great in the grading system with pro football focus. But a win is a win is a win. And as a program, to take that next step forward, you have to win games like this. You have to win games when it's ugly, when you don't play that well. It's much easier and it's much better to have many coachable moments to be able to constructively criticize 
and review some bad film with your team and your players after a win. And for them to be able to get this, it's huge on so many levels. Uh, by the way, Desmond Ibn Newsom was just an absolute monster this game. What a performance on defense for him. I don't even know what his stats were. Uh, I just dropped my phone. I'm a mess. I honestly, I, this is uh, this is as rapid as it gets. This is as raw as it gets because I was just a mess. Uh, did not want to do this uh, when they were losing 24-6. I was, you know, just saying to myself, what did I get myself into? Um, I'm going to have nothing nice to say. I really don't want, you know, I'm just going to have 10 minutes of blank air. Anyone that listens to this on Spotify or Apple is just not, you're going to think it didn't work. Um, I, I had nothing positive to say other than certain guys, you know, showed up and a lot of others didn't. Um, but at the end of the day, everybody showed up in that fourth quarter. It was a total team effort. Everyone did something. And it was beautiful to see. And they're five and two. They're five and two. They're one win away from making a bowl game. I'm already wrong. I picked them to win four games this season. I couldn't be happier. And this just was one of those games that, you know, I wrote before the game. It was a seminal moment these next two games. And I just thought when they were losing, you know, it just was going to be bad. The fallout was going to be bad with the fan base. Um, momentum for this team was going to be tough to, to get back. Going to Indiana next week, you know, after a loss like this, right before your bye, it was, you know, certainly um, a trap game. I think the way they lost at Northwestern two years ago, physically, they had nothing in that game. So you still have to respond. <coughs> excuse me, but they now will go to Bloomington, Indiana, a place they won two years ago, dominated two years ago, a team they've won, beaten two years in a row with the opportunity to get a win and earn bowl eligibility, become bowl eligible for the first time in nine years. Yes, they went to a bowl game two years ago, but they didn't earn bowl eligibility with the six wins. doesn't mean it doesn't count. Of course it counts, but this is a step for the program if they can achieve that. And in year four, you know, with so much on the line with recruiting, uh, with uh, the Big Ten expanding, with all four Pac-12 teams next year, um, despite the East going away, it's still going to be a challenge every year uh, with this schedule. This is it, – it, it's hugely important, hugely. And for them to get this win today in homecoming, you know, it was rainy. I mean, it just was like a nightmare. And they they persevered. They persevered. And the, the mental toughness of this program was on display. And it doesn't mean it was a pretty performance. It doesn't mean this team is not flawed uh, in, in several areas. And they are. And I'm sure Shiana will admit that. He has already. Uh, but this is, this is a step. This is a step in terms of being able to win this type of game. Uh, it's, every winning program has to be able to win these types of games. And yes, Michigan State's a mess right now. It's just, you know, a, a real um, comparison of cultures right now. You know, Rutgers is a, a strong culture team right now. They're a strong leadership team, and it showed up when it mattered most in this game. And uh, hats off to everybody in terms of them being able to pull this off. Uh, is really phenomenal. And again, it's just amazing how the comeback was just so quick. It was like three things, boom, boom, boom. And uh, yeah, you know, I'll brag a little bit. I had special teams as an X factor in my predictions for this game, and it turned out to be true. Um, I get a lot wrong. I got that one right. And uh, it's, it's, you know, special teams play was not perfect by any means. But at the end of the day, special teams is what got Rutgers back into the game. 
and they were able to execute down the stretch. It's a beautiful thing. They're one win away from bowl eligibility, and uh, this is one to celebrate. This is one to savor. It's going to be a big week ahead. The Indiana game, you know, by no means, nothing's ever easy, especially for Rutgers uh, in any sport. If you're a longtime fan of Rutgers, you know that. And, uh, you know, next week is not going to be easy at all. I think Indiana's defense is pretty solid. Uh, so, you know, buckle up. That's all I could say. But buckle up. Strap in, folks. Uh, Rutgers is 5-2. and two. They're one win from bowl eligibility. They're 2-2 two and two in the Big Ten. They're right there in the middle of the pack. This was, um, this was just crazy. And I'm glad I don't have any more hair because I would have lost it today anyway. And uh, I hope uh, you have a drink. You, whatever you want to do responsibly, be safe. But uh, this was certainly one that we'll remember for, for forever. And uh, hopefully even more so because it leads to a bowl game. Thanks for listening and watching the Scarlet Faithful podcast once again.